That's your turn. Hey! hey! So it's the Anything But Quiet Time podcast with Fonzies. I was going to get and, there. Oh, okay. Hey! hey! Okay, now I'm done. It's fun. Yeah. Rochelle and Carter, and it's great to be here with you. Um, actually, today when we're recording this, it's tax day. Officially tax day, April 15th. But now it's no longer tax day. And isn't it interesting that a lot of stimulus checks are being deposited from the government into your bank account on a day where... Isn't that interesting? Yeah. That's just ironic. That's yeah. just ironic. Well, now you made me. Sorry. I just... One, two, three o'clock. Oh, we're back on Fonzie? Rock. I mean... Five, six, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, rock. Nine, ten, eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, rock. We're going to rock. That's good. That's just a good song. I don't care when you were oh raised or even if you know it from Happy Days or Not. That's just a great song. Bobby Socks and Poodle Skirts and yeah. Jukeboxes. Yeah. And name the artist. Don't look. Name the artist. Fonzie. No. Bill <laughs> Haley. Bill Haley. Bill Haley. That's right. That's right. All right. I feel bad that I don't know that, but I didn't grow up in the 50s, so. <laughs> yeah. When, when was it? The 30s? Uh, okay. Uh, no, we, this is where we just talk about our... Uh, <laughs> The spiritual things in our lives, not past <laughs> sitcoms. Um, and so I have been uh, intrigued by a comment. We just did our Easter series. And I have been intrigued of all of the whole chapter of uh, Mark 15, mm-hmm. which is it goes over a lot there. It goes over. <laughs> Can you please stop the video? He's still playing. The song, it, and it's two American graffiti, and I just saw Harrison Ford in a pickup I don't know, truck. What just happened? On okay, YouTube from this video. Exit out of that. Thank All right. You. Now it's Robin Hood. Now it's Robin. That's perfect. That'll be, that'll be That's better. That's better. So um, the whole a chapter of Mark 15 goes over quite a lot, mm-hmm. including the crucifixion, and now we're getting the burial of Jesus. Yeah. And Joseph of Arimathea, that guy that I just remembered the name because of what he did, but I never thought I'd get encouragement from him necessarily. Mm-hmm. And it says that it was just very simple. Joseph of Arimathea was a respected member of the council. You know, we kind of talked about in the Easter series, how the Romans were in charge, but they let the religious leaders kind of run charge of the Jewish people. It is, I mean, that'd be maybe the simplest way to say it. Is that so say it one more time. The Roman pe- Romans were in charge, right, charge. They right. could do whatever they wanted, but they kind of let the religious, re- religious leaders kind of run the alone. show and in, in their whole little thing. Yeah. They didn't want to stir it up. Yeah. So he went all right. As long as you abide by the laws. And for the most part, yeah. you know, they were, they were cool with that. So Joseph of Arimathea is on that council of the religious leaders. Mm-hmm. He said, and it just says this, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And there's another translation that I, I really liked that uh, Joseph of Arimathea, uh, who had focused his hope on God's kingdom realm. Mm-hmm. And this is a rich man. He's able to get the body of Jesus and bear, give him proper burial. And just that with everything going on in our world with coronavirus or any other thing in the future or the past, or even just our own lives, where we can focus our hope on like, for example, in the midst of coronavirus, I'm I'm focused on getting back to normal, on being able to go places again, getting back to my routine, my normal life. And here he is, his world crumbled because he obviously believed in Jesus and he's still focused on the kingdom of God. He's not even letting this detour him. He's probably confused, I would assume. I mean, the, the person he put his hope in is now deceased and the disciples didn't get it. They had scattered, but I, whether he knew and, and was confident or not, we don't know. But he at least was dedicated enough where it says that he was focused. He focused his hope on the eternity, on the, the kingdom of God, the big picture and not whatever he was facing in that moment. Yeah, I I like the fact that he was on the lookout 
for the kingdom of heaven. Uh-huh. And I got to be honest, there are days where I get real stagnant. Oh, yeah. And I'm not on the lookout for anything. But sometimes, like in opposition to where he was, you look at somebody like Caiaphas, uh, who was not necessarily a great guy. He got his office because his father-in-law was the high priest. Okay. And it almost to the, the Bible almost kind of points out the fact that it says Caiaphas and uh, Annas, his um, his father-in-law, who was before him, the high priest. It says they were the high priest together. Hmm. Okay. One passage of scripture. That's not a thing, by the way. Okay. It could only be one high priest. So the fact that they were like dueling, what are you, his puppet? I don't know. But oh. like, obviously, Annas had a lot of pull. And even after Caiaphas was done being the high priest, it was family members, brother-in-laws, and things like that that stepped in after Caiaphas from Annas. Uh-huh. So this guy, to me, that suggests they had, it wasn't the mafia or anything like that, but there was a family in control of that situation. Mm-hmm. And was it wasn't the best situation. They were on the lookout for things that would disturb their peace. Mm. Mm-hmm. They were not on the lookout for the kingdom of God. That's the impression I get. Well, certainly, because that's why the Pharisees and Sadducees got so upset with Jesus. It was, you're telling us that it's going to disturb the power and all that stuff. But do you ever feel like you're one of those people that are on the lookout for Uh what disturbs what your understanding of something is? We don't like change. We don't like change. What are you talking about? I've always understood or interpreted scripture to mean this or that or... And somebody comes along and throws a little bit of a wrench into it and says, well, I think this. Whoa, you've stepped into my comfort zone and you've dismantled it. Well, the thing is, Joseph of Arimathea and even Nicodemus, um, who both were there at the gravesite, who buried Jesus, um, they both stepped out of their, quote, comfort zone. They mm-hmm. were seekers of the kingdom of heaven. And that's really inspiring I, I do want to be that lookout in a good way for the kingdom. Where can I see Jesus today? And then I also want to take notice so that I can look back even during this COVID-19 situation and say, I remember seeing the Lord here and there, yeah. not being obsessed with with being on the lookout of all the negativity. Where is Jesus today? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see him because he's there. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you, he said. You, uh, know? You, you were talking about with, you know, when we look for the what disturbs our normal and change, and I rem- I remember a specific example. KB is an artist um, that is a, a like Christian hip hop guy. Uh, he is very theologically sound, by the way. Here's a little bit of his music; it's amazing. Um, yeah. Not today, Satan is what he's saying. Anyway, um, it's that- fantastic. Wow. There was no, I guess I should have gone to a part where there were words. It's theologically sound. All I heard was na, 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 na. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to need. It'd be like watching a foreign film for me. (laughs) You need captions? Because I didn't grow up listening to that kind of music. So, but it's really great sound. I saw him in concert and I, I don't know what got him on this, this, a trek uh, of thing is in between songs. And he said, just talking about forgiveness is kind of what he was on. Mm-hmm. And he said, the response of a godly man could be, he didn't say, and, and he actually said, I'm not saying should be, will be, won't be, but it could be 
when he goes home and finds out this is, that his wife is having an affair, mm. it could be, again, the response of a, a godly man, I forgive you, let's move on together. And I, I was like, oh, man, that's, uh, no, because anybody in this world is going to go, oh, that's not going to be my first thought, my mm -hmm. first response. Sure. I'm going to, how dare you is more like the thing that comes out. Yeah. And so I remember this, this pushing us towards a godly response in any situation, even ones where we feel justified, where we are justified to throw in the towel or to say something, um, I'm trying to think you wouldn't want to retaliate, but you'd say something powerful and let them know the truth mm -hmm, about what mm -hmm. they did yeah. and want them to feel it a little bit. Sure. And just he's saying it could be if you are that close to God and in tune and want to move forward with forgiveness, that is a valid response. And I was just blown away by that. I was out of my comfort zone. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. It goes right along with turning the other cheek. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Yeah. And it's super easy to read those things in regards to other people's problems. And then when it hits in your neighborhood, mm -hmm. oh, but that that wasn't in regards to my problem. That was over there. No, God, God wants to challenge us with what his word says to stretch us, to grow us, because we are to, um, you could say rise above to his level but even Jesus showed us that that's not necessarily going to like a I'm looking down my nose type place. Not at all. It's actually a humbling place. It's it's lowering yourself even. Yeah. yeah. Because the world is going to tell you one thing, but the Bible is going to reveal something completely different. And so that's why, you know, the WWJD bracelets became such a big deal. Yeah. And it is a wonderful question to pose with what, everything. What would Jesus do? What does the Bible say about this thing? Uh-huh. And then if you're struggling with what it says, go to biblical counsel, go to your pastor. I know this is what the Bible says. Will you help me in maybe a, maybe have some therapy? I yeah. want to get to a place where I'm able to reconcile what this means for my life and move forward in a healthy place. Yeah. So, talking about what the world would say in that situation or any, I was watching the show and it was a quote from a character that I was like, hold up. This is what the character said. Mm-hmm. What life is all about is doing, because was, she was trying to encourage her kids on this particular program. Okay. What life is all about is doing kind things for kind people who appreciate your kindness. Well, that's baloney. <laughs> that's a bunch of baloney. Well, and, the, and the show wasn't even, it's kind of a... Say it, it again. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. This is what the character said. Okay. What life is all about is doing kind things for kind people who appreciate your kindness. <laughs> That's so suburban, and the the show is kind of like honestly mocking her a little bit. I mean, it's it's uh, she's okay. Uh, they're not say the show's not saying oh she's completely right. No, you you get the point of like she thinks she's Miss Perfect and yeah. pristine and all that, and she's saying this to her kids. And I it, yet it's such a, a a struggle because what kindness is truly all about is like you, what you said, Jesus serving. He came to serve, and so you think about you go to Starbucks. And they, you say you wanted your drink with almond milk. They make it with regular milk and then you taste it. And then, or you even know, and you're like, oh, I can't, I, I can't drink this. So they're going to remake it for you. And they're like, and keep that, give that to somebody if you want. So now you got two drinks for the price of one mm -hmm. and you're like, well, I will bless somebody's day. And uh, you go the front desk person at your work and you give it to them and they're like, oh, thanks. And you're like. I'm not going to give you a coffee ever again. 
That's how I would be or want to be because in this situation, I have done that kind thing just so I could receive praise. I have done a kind thing for kind people who appreciate my kindness. It's really interesting the scenario you just gave uh-huh. because you got it for free because they made a mistake yeah. and then you give it to somebody expecting praise for something that you got for free. It was but, an afterthought. But that's when I, I mean, I know that the first thought is when I get something extra is when I think I could sacrifice. But mm, I see okay. the day right. that I need some Monday and I dang it, I need that coffee. Right. And then I haven't taken a sip yet. And I walk in the door and Sharon's like, oh man, I have this big meeting. I could really use a coffee, but I don't have time to go get some. And I'm sitting here going, Take mine, Sharon. <laughs> just, I don't want to give it up. But that, that is when you really don't want to, you want, you're actually sacrificing. Yeah. There's a moment of kindness. And regardless of what Sharon's reaction is, whether she's appreciative or not, it, you have done a disservice to yourself. You have served somebody else. That's a kind thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's kindness right there. You're supposed to do it with joy in your heart. God loves a cheerful giver. For sure. Says. And hopefully you can get there, but at least the action starts the process. It, it definitely can. You know, I was reading about this guy. He was a pastor in Russia, mm-hmm. and he was he had his own church, but there was a guy in town who was a speaker, and he wanted to go listen to him, and it was at a different church. Okay, so he goes to a different church just to see another guy speak. And he sits there, and they start presenting right before this guy comes up to speak. Hey, we're working on this building project and we're going to take oh. up an offering for it if you'd like to contribute. Well, he fe- he feels from the Holy Spirit he's supposed to give. To this other church, even though he's a pastor at his yeah. own. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What's interesting, though, is that at this particular church, he knows they have been vile against him. Like oh. in saying ugly things about his church, his congregation. That's, the a, way Christ- he's- that's a Christian way. So that's- <laughs> As it should be, That's of course. That's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> but he's sitting there at this other church, which I I find bold anyway, especially if he's been hated on before. Yeah, surprised he went. But he feels like he's supposed to give for this building project toward this church. Mm. And he's like, Lord, I don't know. And then apparently God's like, and it's going to be a sizable amount. All I right. want it to really be, it's not going to be like, oh, I got this free coffee. No, this one's going to hurt. It's going to be a sacrificial offering because his church was actually in a place of need. Oh. And he's like, ah, Lord, I don't know. And finally, he said it wasn't even so much about the money. It was just about the fact that they had been so cruel to him. Father, you're asking me to do something that doesn't make sense to me. And God said, would you be willing to sow towards a relationship of peace? Just do this. So he writes a check. He said, it's a sizable check. Well, his name is on the check. The head pastor sees it later. And instead of being grateful, and I don't, I don't know exactly the form and how this got back to this particular pastor, and, mm-hmm. and but it it was informed to him that uh, this pastor that he had given money to gets up in front of his staff and mocks the amount. Oh how, my goodness! Can you believe this little check that this guy wrote? This is the best he could do, and he said, "I am not even kidding." Um, the pastor I'm, I'm referencing that we'll call him the good pastor, the okay. good pastor and the, the bad pastor. pastor. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> he said, listen, if we were in any other country, everybody would have been like, Oh my word, this is beautiful. Thank you so much. It was a very nice gift, but this guy was belittling it. The bad pastor was, Wow. and he did it in front of a couple of thousand people. He even references this guy's church even later than that time frame. Clearly there is something going on. 
in this bad pastor's heart just has got it in for the good pastor for some reason. And there's never an ending to the story, actually. But he uses that example in reference to what happens to Jesus. Mm. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the council, there's maybe one to 200 guys in the council. And when they, they bring Jesus in front of him, all they need to get out of Jesus is him being honest and saying, yes, I am the Messiah. I am the son of God. You'll see me coming on clouds of glory. That's all they need for them to, to do this big display of ripping their cloak, their clothes and oh, blasphemer. And they spit on him. And the way that the verse is written, it indicates it wasn't just a couple of them. It would have been everybody. Mm. The spit would have been flowing from his brow into his beard, into his, uh, if he was wearing his tunic at that time, all of it. It would have just been a mess. And that was the worst. It's gross today to think about getting spit on. But that was the most vile thing that they could think of Mm. to dishonor you. You are despicable. You are beneath us. And then they took to him with their fists. They, they punched him. They, mm-hmm. you know, said all of these horrible things. What did Jesus say in response? Nothing. And in fact, he loved them through it to the point of forgiveness and taking it to the cross and then committing it with the physical act of forgiveness on the cross you know, put into death the sin of these folks mm-hmm. and my sin as well. Yeah. But I think, okay, so that's Jesus's response. And then I look at the good pastor, bad pastor story, and it's like, this has to be the good pastor's response. And that should be my response. It's it's not, some people would say, well, that means you're being a doormat. I think there are very few circumstances where the Holy Spirit would call you into action and say something against another person. You know what I mean? Like calling... Yeah. And I don't think it would ever be in an arena. I think it would be, a, I'm pulling this brother or sister aside. That's, that's instructions. You know, that, that's how we're supposed to do it. Yes. And not call them out on Facebook either. But it would never be because I've been violated. I've been offended. It would be, listen, I see you going down this path. Mm-hmm. And I am concerned for you, for your congregation, the way you're sharing about our church. If you have something against me, leave it there with me. Yeah. Well, why are you doing this in this way? You know, there's a way to co- to confront somebody. Um, but Jesus knew that a time would come with each of these individuals where they would be confronted. And I don't know when or where that was between him and them. You know, the council that spit on him and abused him. But you know they did not take those things lightly in the years even that followed after the, the huge Christian movement that took place, you know, where the disciples start baptizing in the name of Jesus and thousands and thousands of people start finding redemption through Jesus Christ. That would have completely altered their position in terms of, like, oh, they're, the people aren't coming to us anymore for counsel. They're, they're talking with the Holy Spirit. Are you kidding me? Come on. You know, mm. it would have been just a revolution yeah. in terms of how things would have changed. And we, they would have had to come to terms with some of that. Or maybe never. They certainly, after, you know, coming into the presence of the King of Kings, would have had to come to terms with that. So I, I, I don't know. It just, it schools me in so many ways. It's like, gosh, I have such an ego. I think all man does. Mm-hmm. And Jesus' position was always humility. And that's to be my position as well. To the point of it hurting, well, you know what? If my Jesus can do it, 
Right. He tells right. me I can tap into that strength and I can do it. When I am weak, then I am strong, you know? I think about um, a Seinfeld episode where he, they're just driving. It's just a little, there's no point to this. Well, there's no point to Seinfeld at all, actually. It's a show about nothing. Um, <laughs> but uh, he was going to let somebody in in traffic mm -hmm. and he uh, let him in and then he didn't get his thank you wave. Um, it's just a little. The thank you wave. Oh, that yeah. irritates me. Yeah. yeah. I let you in. You get my thank you wave? No, thank you wave. And so then he gets back in front of him. He's like, I'm not going to let you in again. You give me a thank you wave. The little things we get irritated by. Well, and that's the point, right? The whole, I think the point of this podcast is, uh, this episode is, um, don't do kind things to get kindness back. Oh, you're not going to. It's not ever going to satisfy you. Even if you do get kindness back, mm -hmm. it's not going to fill you up. It's not going to satisfy you. Yeah. Why? Because it's apart from what we are to know through Christ. We're to do it as unto the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And we get his, his response which is well done, good and faithful servant. And that should be enough. And that's why I My really, grace is sufficient, yeah, I really know? cling to the scripture of don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. And mm. so I, even though, you know, I, there's, there's thoughts that cross my mind. If I'm going to do a good deed, there's thoughts that cross my mind of like, well, I wouldn't mind if somebody found out and put me on the news as the local hero. You know, there's, there's little things that may pop in the back of your mind, but to combat that, what I try and do, Oh, what I, what I do, if I do something good, I just don't tell anybody. I'll just tell, I'll just tell Kelsey, my wife, uh, if it's something like I, buying, I had an extra, you know, Taco Bell or buying Taco Bell for a guy that I see on the street over here. Yeah. I'm not going to post it on Facebook. No. I'm not going to tell a bunch of people because that is just going to be a downfall for me of now I'll go check to see how many people liked it and how many people I inspired. <laughs> just, yeah. I, I want, I really take that seriously of don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing so that when I get to heaven, there's, there's heavenly rewards of, I did this with a good heart because Jesus told me to not so that I got some applause that was very temporary here on earth. Yeah. Um, the little irritants, by the way, I love this verse from song of Solomon chapter two. It says, catch for us, the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards our vineyards that are in bloom. You could be having a really good day. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden something comes along and it just irritates you. It irks you. And you let it, and it starts, it's like the little fox that ruins the vineyard, the little itty-bitty burr in your sandal. Mm -hmm. And I, it happens often for me. I'll be having a great day, even a great devotional, spiritual day. Oh, this time with Jesus was awesome. And then the moment that something happens and disrupts the apple cart, I'm yeah. just like, I can't believe that happened. So, you know, there's a lot of messages here for my life right now happening with, with kindness. Why am I doing it? Mm -hmm. Am I doing it as unto the Lord? Yeah. That's really the main question. And if somebody does not respond the way that is treasured by the world, you know, who the Sam Hill cares? Honestly, the world doesn't. They don't care. Mm. Does God care if the world applauded you? No, because he knows what this world is all about. Yeah. He wants you to do it as unto him. Why? Because he is the only thing that can satisfy, period. And he knows that. And he lovingly reminds us of that. He's patient with us about it. But, oh, gosh, sometimes it feels like a daily lesson for me. Um, this has been great. I know it's maybe a little bit shorter than we normally do, but this has been great. And um, I do want to ask you, if you could do a kind thing and give us a five-star review, <laughs> we will give you a compliment. <laughs> 
and make you feel great. (laughs) To undo everything that we have said. No, we I will say we appreciated it. If you do it, more people are able to see it, you know, with a higher rating and all that. And that's, Um, you know, I do want to mention this before we go. Yeah. You know, Carter was saying, I don't want to necessarily mention uh, if I have an extra Taco Bell burrito and I give it to somebody because I don't want kudos for me. We do struggle with that when, especially when we're uh, doing radio. It's like, do we share these moments that God allows us? Because we don't want the spotlight to be on us. We want it to be on, oh, on yeah. the Lord. Yeah. And so if you felt lately in your own personal life, I did this really awesome, fun thing, and I think God could use it. Do not let our words keep you from doing something that the Holy Spirit might be actually getting you yeah. to do. You know, we saw this one woman, she put this tiny little pantry in front of her house. She did not do it for the applause of the world. She did it to help people in the community have food. Well, and so people can exchange different pantry gifts. And that's mm-hmm. the thing. If you're, it depends on, you just know your own heart and yeah. you have to go by that. that go. That's why I said to be the downfall of me mm-hmm. if I did put it on Facebook because I would want people's applause. But uh, what she did, it was to get an idea started so that other people might also participate. Exactly. And it depends on, you know, it just, it's all about heart. It's all about intention. And I just know that there is a, that's a temptation anyway. Sure. So I don't even put it on Facebook of, and, of any sort. So that totally makes, I, and I totally get that. And uh, so the five-star rating, why, why are we asking? Honestly, the more attention that we can get on the Anything But Quiet Time podcast, we are trying to bring focus to the King of Kings. And so if others see that, you know, is it true? The more ratings you get, maybe it'll pop up quicker on people's feed. Yeah, well, it'd be, let's just say you got a million ratings tomorrow. You might be on the front page of the thing and then a million people might see it. I mean, a million, I mean, I I don't know how it all works, honestly, (laughs) you know, and I'm also going to say, hey, you know, I see a five-star review and a nice comment. I do feel good. I mean, I'll be honest about that. But to be able to get people where maybe they now get introduced to last week's series with the Easter series and they find Jesus for the first time, that would be worth one review or a million reviews. Views, it doesn't matter to get conversations started even at your own dinner table that's that's yeah. honestly what this is all about is to just to just be in love with jesus so thank you ahead of time maybe for that five-star review <laughs>